beautiful friend, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad to be here with you. Today, we are going to be talking about the balance and the fine line between taking messy action, trusting the process, and noticing when we are forcing something before we are ready for it, right? Because I talk a lot about, excuse me, taking action on something before you're ready, But there's also a fine line there. And I just want to share some of my personal experiences that have kind of been coming up for me the past couple days, reflecting on based off of certain things that have been going on with private clients that I work with. And so I just want to share with you, like, so in 2019, I led a group of women to Costa Rica for a self-love retreat. And it was incredible. Okay. But what a lot of people don't know is two and a half years before that, In 2017, I tried to lead a retreat to Guatemala. I was so gung-ho and like maniac on a mission, committed to bringing a group of women to Guatemala for a self-love, healing, and empowerment retreat. It like was going to be like a business retreat. And I was like enrolled someone to do photography and all these, someone to do yoga and all these people on the team. And I had the whole team set out. I even went to Guatemala and scouted out retreat locations to find the perfect retreat. I had, I was going to pull money out of my savings to reserve this retreat location once I found the best one that I wanted, which was super luxurious. And I had everything laid out except one thing. Can you guess the one thing I didn't have? I didn't have a community. I didn't have clients. I didn't have anybody that wanted to go on this retreat. I couldn't get one person to go on this retreat. And I talked about it and I posted about it and I I created a logo for it and all these things. And it came down to the wire where it was the deadline and I needed to submit, it was like $8,000 to this retreat location in Guatemala to reserve for the 10 women that I declared were going on this retreat with me. But I had to start looking and my biggest fear and like looking back, it's, I call it like the, um, the fire festival syndrome. And I'm just making this up. If any of you guys have ever seen fire festival, it's a documentary and it's just a total shit show of these entrepreneurs that had a vision to do something, but were delusional with the ability to actually make it happen. And so they just continued to lie and lie and lie until shit hit the fan and it was a total disaster. And so that's been always a fear of mine is, is I don't ever want to have fire festival syndrome, right? And being delusional with something and Because in order to be an entrepreneur, there needs to be a risk involved, but there can be a calculated risk. Like for example, a risk, this an uncalculated risk would be me saying, I'm paying $8,000. I'm going to find the 10 women that are going on this retreat. But it was this moment of realizing I didn't build the community. I didn't have the community. I didn't even have one potential client. All I had was a team of people that were ready to be on staff, but I also was like, well, how am I going to pay them? How, how am I going to get paid? How am I, I, there were so many things that I had lined up to a T, but the most crucial part, which is the people, the community wasn't there. So why am I sharing this with you? (laughs) Because I had to face my biggest fear, which was the fear of failure. I had to face that and say, you know what? This is a total fail. And I'm putting this on pause. I am not giving up on this. But I am very clear that this is not the next step for me in my business right now, even though I want it to be so badly. And I'm like, I've taken the messy action. I've done the steps. I'm doing it. But 
there were a lot of steps I hadn't taken yet. And I was trying to skip the process. I was trying to jump from step one to step 55. And that was my own personal arrogance of wanting it so badly, but realizing I needed to connect with the one woman, the one woman before I can connect with the 10, right? I hadn't been doing private coaching and I was wanting to skip straight to doing a retreat. And so it really hit my ego because I just, I canceled the retreat, but of course it was just canceling between me and the people that were on the team. It's not like I had to tell any clients because there were no clients. (laughs) Um, But I vowed to myself that this is a pause. This isn't a cancel, right? And I'm sharing this with you because sometimes there's groundwork that we need to look at to help us build whatever it is we're wanting to create. And just because you can see the vision of where you want to go doesn't mean you need to be there right now. And so if I were to imagine the words that I really needed to hear in 2017 when I was pounding this idea that it had to look a certain way, that me empowering women and being on their journey had to look like us going to Guatemala together. I was so... um, attached to that. And I think we, the, the thing that I really learned from that and the thing that I needed to hear was be committed to your mission, be unattached to how it looks, be committed to empowering the people you want to empower, be committed to helping and serving and teaching the people you want to serve, love and teach, but be unattached to how it looks. You know, it was kind of this humbling moment of, are you willing to meet people where they are at versus forcing them to meet you where you're at? And that's what, it was a big eye-opening experience because was I taking messy action? Yes. Was I showing up for the dream? Yes. But was I in denial that there were other steps that needed to be taken? Yeah. Up until the point of realizing I'm about to put money down on something that isn't ready to be birthed into the world yet. And so I felt called to share that story with you. Um, If you're in the middle of doing something and you have a big vision for what it is that you want to create and you're frustrated because you want to be there yesterday, we'll start to scale it back and look what could be a small step in the direction I want to go that still allows me to make money, that still allows me to connect and serve the people I want to serve, but isn't quite that big pinnacle dream yet. Yeah, everyone wants to have the... If you're in a coaching space, most people want to lead a retreat and have an in-person experience. I mean, now more than ever, right? After having a year of a pandemic where we've had so much isolation, everyone is craving connection, craving intimacy, craving being around other people, right? So is there... Are there areas in your life that you need to acknowledge that the vision and the dream that you have is real and attainable, but it doesn't need to be attained right now? How can you be committed to what you want to create and like committed to what you want to serve and give to the world, committed to how you want to feel, committed to the relationships you want to have, but unattached to how it looks? Are you willing to be unattached to the journey, but committed to what you want? Committed, but unattached. So I want to share another thing that I was trying to... So that's example one. Example two. So some of you guys know, if you don't know, I have a group coaching program called Glow Self-Love Mastery. And Glow is a beautiful container 
And I call it a container because you imagine you have a cup and you put the liquid in. The liquid's just going to take up whatever the space of the cup is. So the cup is the container. Glow is a container for women to come together on their self-love journey where we get to heal together. We get to be empowered. We get to hold space for each other, but we get to learn how to become our own best friend. We get to learn how to transform the way we look at the past, learn how to forgive ourselves, and really build a self-love toolbox for ourselves. okay? And when I learned about coaching, and I'm like, okay, there's private coaching, and then there's group coaching. I'm like, wow, group coaching would be pretty cool, right? Work with five people in one call versus five people in five calls. It was my logical brain. It was the masculine side of me that was looking at, this seems efficient, right? And I wanted it so bad. Right after the retreat, when I realized, okay, I need to do private coaching, that, well, not that I need to, it just, that was the next step. How do I create community? I connect one person at a time and eventually it will build, but I can't expect to go from no one to everyone. And that was the ego in me that wanted it all at once, but wasn't willing to put in the work to connect with that one person. Um, and so when I just learned about group coaching and I started to understand it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want that. I don't want to do private coaching. I want the group coaching. And the more and more I realized was, okay, I'm not ready for this. If I don't know how to enroll one person into their vision, how am I expecting myself to enroll 10 people into their vision? Right? And so it was kind of came down to this moment of, okay, I'm, and I, and that's when I hired a coach, right? I had hired someone that I've been working with that was teaching me how to sign one-on-one private clients, how to create something that is a soul aligned offer that when they read through it, they're like, oh my God, this is for me. Thank God. There's finally something out there that was created just for me because I believe that the world is abundant and it's big and I don't believe in competition the way a lot of people do. I believe that there's soul alignment and if I continue to show up authentically, then the people that are meant to hear it will show up as well because it'll resonate with them and the people that it doesn't resonate with will bounce off. I mean, let's take a look at this podcast right here. I've been doing this podcast for three years. And when I first started it, there was hardly anybody listening. But the compound effect of continuously showing up, continuously speaking to that one, speaking to you, speaking to you. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a product that I use every single day. If you've been wondering how I have the energy to show up on Instagram stories every day, to record podcasts all the time, and to stay focused and feel energized with what I'm doing, it's because I'm drinking green juice every single morning. It's the only green juice I've tried that doesn't taste like grass, okay? And so you guys know I only share things that I truly stand by and I truly believe in. And so if you are looking for a way to get all of the nutrients from juicing without having to actually juice then try Organifi Green Juice. It's my absolute favorite. And you can be able to have all the nutrients and superfoods from juicing in just 30 seconds. So Organifi, thank you for sponsoring this episode. You can get a discount for 15% off using the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. If you ever have listened to this podcast and felt like, oh my God, she's talking to me. 
It's because I am. It's because I have been on a mission to connect with you, the woman that is highly empathetic and sensitive and has this desire to help other people and also live an adventurous life. I get that because I am you, right? And if I would have given up on this podcast because there wasn't thousands of listens and thousands of downloads right away, then this would never be able to continue to be birthed into the world, right? I had to show up for the one person in order to create the space to eventually speak to the masses. And so just because you understand how a process can work or a vision of what you want, it doesn't mean that you've earned it and you get to have it right away. And that's like older generations will hate on our millennial generation saying that we don't want to work for things. I think that our generation has learned how to work smarter and their generation learned how to work harder and they were rewarded for hard work. And yes, it's true though, that we feel a higher sense of, um, self reward and pride when we do something that was difficult to do because it pulled a lot out of us in order to do it. But eventually the things that are really difficult to do become easier and it doesn't mean they're less valuable. So why am I telling you all of this? Is I was turning myself inside out to try and do a group coaching program and I was doing all the things. I was posting, I was sharing, I was talking about, I was calling people, but it wasn't in alignment. It wasn't resonating with anybody. No one was signing up. I didn't have a single client. And that was my sign. That was my feedback that it wasn't time yet. And it didn't mean that I failed. It just mean that I was a go-getter trying to put the the cart before the horse, so to speak. The horse has to go before the cart. And I was trying to put the cart before the horse. And so I slowed down and I was like, okay, I I am here to serve that woman and be a part of her self-love journey. I'm here to empower her. I'm here to guide her. I'm here to help her awaken her power. So if I can't do that in a group setting like I want to, how can I be committed but unattached? So I decided to focus on -on one-on-one coaching. And, you know, I did one-on-one coaching until I I reached my capacity, the maximum, where I was like, whoa, I'm I'm starting to turn down clients because I was scared of losing the lifestyle and the spaciousness that I needed. And so there came a point where I was almost forced into offering group coaching, right? Talk about instead of making it happen, it happening for me. So I reached a point where I was working with 10 private clients and I was doing three or six month contracts. And I was like, whoa, if I start signing on more people, I'm going to get exhausted and I'm not going to be able to support the women in the way that I want to. And so I need to preserve like my personal energy, but I had financial goals. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to make these financial goals? So it came down to me hiring a different coach and she taught me how to create glow. But glow was something I wanted to create a year and a half before I actually created it. If I would have stopped the first time that it didn't work out, it would have created such a disservice to myself and to all the other women that I was able to coach. All the women that have gone through glow. There's been like 30 women that have gone through glow. And if I would have stopped and said, okay, well, this isn't working and clearly I'm not meant for this, instead of realizing the pause, right? Okay, I'm pausing this because this is becoming something I'm forcing instead of something that's flowing. How can I show up and be committed but unattached? And so 
I felt really called to share this message with you so you can kind of see some of the behind the scenes. If you've ever looked at my business or you looked at what I do and think, why does it just work out for her? It's not that it just works out all the time. I have to flex and bend and sway and notice because my imaginative mind, my visionary mind, my ability to see the big picture can sometimes make it where I'm trying to force something before I... It's not that I'm not ready, it's that it's not ready. It's not ready, you know? And it doesn't mean that I didn't get to have it, it just meant I didn't get to have it when I wanted it. I didn't get to have the retreat when I wanted it because it wasn't ready to be birthed into the world yet. I didn't get to have the group coaching program when I wanted it because I wasn't ready as a coach to to hold space for that many people because I hadn't yet earned it. I hadn't yet done the work to hold space for people individually, right? You know, so it's it's the community has to always come first. And if you're not willing to show up for the one person, but you're only one to show up for the masses, question why you're actually doing it. Is it actually for change and transformation? Or is it for the glitz and glamour of saying you've done it? Is it for the money? Is it for the status? Like, check in with the why because I was faced with all these things and it really had to I had to question my intentions and get clear with myself of why am I doing this remember the why and I had to ground myself back into the why that this is for the woman that's questioning if she's good enough and questioning her capability but knows she is destined for more It's for that woman. It's for the woman who's wondering, what the heck's wrong with me? Why do I keep saying yes when I mean no? Because she doesn't know that saying no is available. It's for the woman that knows she has power inside of her, but she isn't sure how to unlock it. It's for that woman. And so if you have been in a process of creating a business or pursuing a side hustle or making money from a hobby of something that you love doing, or it's just something you're enjoying, but you're not trying to make money from it. It's just something that you like, and you're not where you think you're supposed to be. I want you to check that. Because it might not be that you aren't where you're supposed to be, but you aren't where your ego thinks you're supposed to be. And that's the overachiever and the high expectations within you that gets to be checked. You get to accept and acknowledge where you are and allow that to be perfect. If you feel like you're in a constant uphill, well then ask, how, what would it look like if I let this be easy? Two powerful questions. What would it look like if this was easy? How can I make this easier? Like how am I overcomplicating this, right? So how can I make this a little bit easier? And this isn't a lack of effort. This is a a reprogramming. This is reframing the strategy behind what you're doing. Are you making it more complicated for yourself than it needs to be? Okay. That's like the first, first reflection area. So it's like, can I make this easier? Can I make this simplified? How can I simplify this? Okay. The second question to ask yourself is how can I make this more fun? (laughs) The energy of your joy and the fun and the passion has to be at the forefront of what it is that you're doing. That's the fire and the fuel and the drive. So two things to reflect on. How can I make this simple and easy? Other question, how can I make this more fun? What would make this more fun? And then you get to pour some love and attention into that, okay? So check in with yourself on 
the balance of taking messy action versus forcing something to be a certain way before you're ready. And I am also a believer that ready is a lie, right? But we get to look at the results that it's creating. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. We have to honor the step-by-step process. And that step-by-step process looks different for everyone. So this is where emotional intelligence is really important for you to tune in with yourself and be honest what step am I in right now? Not step, not what step do you want to be in? Not what step you wish you could be in. What step are you in? And there's a real, there's like a humbling, a very humbling aspect to this of letting it be enough, loving yourself enough to be new, loving yourself enough to not be an expert right out the bat. Loving yourself enough to have to put in the time and the effort. Just because something doesn't work in six months doesn't mean that you're not meant for it. It just means it's, it, 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 you know, and the other thing that I had to continuously tell myself through the process of feeling like I failed at that first retreat or I failed at that, glo- that group coaching program launch. You know, one took two years later, one took a year and a half later. So I had to remind myself, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm here to play the long game. I'm here to make this my lifelong career of empowering people, of walking them through process of grief, of self-love, meditation, journaling, like I'm in it for the long haul. So where's this fear of time or fear of being behind coming from? Where's this coming from? These are the questions to reflect on because time is such an illusion. You are never behind. It's just an illusion that's created that you feel behind in comparison to other people around you. And we get to check those thoughts because they're not serving you. Okay, girlfriend? All right. I love you guys so much. And um, that concludes our podcast episode together today. All about the balance of taking messy action versus forcing things to happen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know. If you haven't connected with me on Instagram yet, that's where I'm always hanging out at Kelsey Low Show. You could take a screenshot, post this to your story. If you know someone that needs to hear this, go ahead and send it to them. Um, and I also have a little gift for you. It's an intention setting prompt. If you don't journal, it's time to start. And these simple questions, simple but powerful questions and prompts will set you up to have a journal practice each day. And these are questions you can use daily. These are questions that I use often. And eventually they will just come into your mind and you will know that to use them. And you won't even have to refer back to the prompt. So if you D- DM me on Instagram, the word intentions, I will reply back with that free journaling prompt on setting intentions to feel on purpose with your day. Okay, I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.